Hi, welcome to the 801 Reviewed. This is your host, Sarah, Charles, Grace, and Kit. And today we're going to be talking about Modal Zushi. Woo! And Woo! I know uh, Grace is going to tell us a little about uh, Modal Zushi and also some Chinese terms. Hi everyone. Um, so Moda Zushi uh, is actually originally a novel in uh, Chinese. In I'm gonna pronounce this once, so I'm not gonna say it this way all the time. It's Moda uh, Zushi, and it's an originally web novel created in October 2015 by um, the author who is Mo Xiang Tong Xiu, and uh, basically she wrote this on the web, and then it became a um, published novel in 2016. It's a, a genre called xianxia, which is like fantasy mythology in the Chinese culture. It has Taoism, Buddhism, Chinese martial arts, and um, a lot of different kind of specialized supernatural kind of elements from Chinese culture. And then later on, they made an audiobook, and then as well as a manhua, um, which is ongoing. It started its first chapter in 2017, and now it's an ongoing chapter to chapter 2000. Uh, sorry, chapter 124, and which is about the middle of the novel. And then later on, it became an animation that's aired on Tencent in July 2018. They completed the second season last fall in August, and it was also probably around the middle of the novel at the moment, and it's jumping around. It does a lot of flat flashbacks and everything. Um, and then later on, it created into an audio drama, which is really interesting, and you can find it. It's broadcast on MissEvans.com, which is Maurer FM. Uh, and basically, it's an adaptation, complete adaptation of the novel. It has three seasons. It also includes the... Um, like special editions and they made special stuff on their own that has um, like accompanying you to sleep by Lan Wanji or Wei Wushen where they talk to you to sleep and then um, they also have the like extra um, edition that's also published in Taiwan called From Dust uh, From Dawn to Dust uh, where it's like their domestic nightly routine um, and then later on it became a web series <laughs> uh, TV series uh, aired in China on Tencent from June to August in 2019. It has 50 episodes. It's an adaptation to the novel, but it changes a lot due to the censorship. Um, and it ends on the chapter like 11, 111 of the novel, so it doesn't go into the um, more uh, detail BL sections <laughs> in the novel. And um, less on the evil and demonic side of Wei Wuxian. Um, later on, they also unleashed a special edition of the Untamed series called, uh, uh, it's also on um, YouTube, um, where they just focus on Wang Xin, the, the main couple. Um, there's lots of music that's uh, created for each of the genres, and um, they all have their own songs, which is very, very popular as well. Can I just say, this author is like living the Fujoshi dream? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Talk about a total blow up with, you know, you start something online and now here it is like it's on the live action is on USA Netflix. That's how big this thing is. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yes. And and for an author who is in a country where so many things are censored for BL, 
like she is doing such a good job for uh, spreading that that love <laughs> and and feeding us really well <laughs> with all, all that stuff <laughs> My yeah it's, it's it's really admirable honestly because and I think not only um for the the author herself like even people who have been contributing art wise to it now I mean one of the artists I follow on Twitter just became one of the official artists for the series Giras and it's just like this this has been what I guess I started talking about this a year ago <laughs> and here we are and this is how big it is and how popular and I mean I remember watching Twitter go from who are these Chinese characters to how do you not know about Wei Wuxin and La Wanji? Do you live under a rock? Right? <laughs> yes. So I know the show has a bunch of Chinese terms that if you've never been into uh, other Chinese drama or any type of Chinese fantasy setting, they're not like the in like the European type fantasy themes you know we don't have the same sort of themes there are differences that maybe western audiences don't know um there are quite a few terms actually that that can be confusing or new to western audiences uh grace could you explain some of those yeah of course um so one of the things that you'll hear a lot especially even in the title is cultivation so um, cultivation is actually the mani manipulation of spiritual energy stored inside one's golden core, which allows the practitioner to perform various feats, mostly focusing on cultivating towards uh, immortality is what um, our genre in Modazushi is about. And of course, we talk about the demonic cultivation, which is founded by Ling Patriarch Wei Wuxin, our main character, and it's the utilization of resentful energy. And um, there's also talks about like the different creatures in the novel, mostly in the novel, but um, there's a little bit in the TV series and the animation um, where you'll talk about Yao, which is kind of like fairies formed from living and non-human beings. There's demons, which are formed from living humans, ghosts, which are formed from dead humans, and monsters formed from dead non-human beings. Um, a lot of times the cultivators, who are our main characters and the youngsters and everything that's the, the heroes in the stories, they go on night hunts and um, in Chinese it's called ye, uh, ye lie. and in that way um, it's actually not really only at night it's a practice of traveling to places to exercise evil beings and commonly referred as hunting by cultivators but mistaken as regular hunting by non-cultivators um, and it's due to the fact that most of these evil characters come out at night that's why it's like night hunting but um, it's not really necessarily only during a night um, and then one other thing that a lot of people hear in the story of Modazushi is sex. Different cultivation, cultivational sex of um, forms for major communities in, the, in this world. So each different, um, you'll hear people talk about it as clans, as um, like their, their schools and stuff like that. But um, in, in a lot of other cultivation novels, that's what they use. But in uh, Modazushi, it's more like mostly sex. So um, basically, like the Gusu Lan sect, the uh, Lan Lingjing sect, Qisan Wen sect, uh, Yunmong Jiang sect, and the um, Qi, uh, Qinghe sect. Those are the five major um, great sects in the um, Modazushi world that you will hear mostly about. 
So those are some of the terms. Oh, and then also for their their thing is that the sects are um, basically mostly on bloodline. So they're mostly related, either like um, by bloodline or further like further relations. So in other novels, it's mostly like masters and disciples, but in this one, it's mostly focused on family relations inside their their cultivation sect. Um, another big thing that you'll also hear about is their character uh, name. There's a significant significance between their born, like their birth name, um, and also their courtesy name, which they get developed uh, around when they're six, uh, 15. Um, and that's when they get this courtesy name and that's what people refer them to as. And then later on, they'll also get titles for recognition and respect that they gain from the public. So like say uh, Wei Wushen, which is our main character, um, he his born name was like Wei Ying, but then he, his courtesy name is Wei Wushen, and so people call him Wei Wushen. And um, the fun, uh, the cool thing about his name is that Wushen actually means to have no envy. And so they each have that thing where it kind of relates to their their character. Like Lai Wangji, um, Wangji actually means to be free of worldly concerns. So you know, like his character is kind of interesting how how that title or that name fits with him. <laughs> And then, of course, I have to name Sizui because, you know, I love Sizui. Uh, Lai Sizui, his name actually, Sizui means to recollect and long for. So you guys know what that means. Um, and then, of course, I, I also think another one that's really important is um, Zhang Wanli. It's the sister's name. The sister's name, Wanli, actually means dislike separation. So, Aww. yeah, they all have really cool meanings to their name. So I just wanted to express that and there's more um i think you can search them for their names online but they they all have very meaningful names and that's a really interesting part of the series too is like everything has a very specific meaning and you don't have to look into it but it really i think deepens the story and um just like the overall feel you get from the story if you do go in and find out like oh so-and-so's name means this, or the fact that he did this specific, you know, gesture in this way means this. And that's just really interesting because it's those tiny details that, you know, can maybe show you just how much Lamaji and Wei Wushin love each other, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. It was a pretty big culture shock for me to read it, especially with the three name-having of many of the characters and I'm not familiar <laughs> at all with the Chinese like fantasy fairy tale scene. I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon when it came out, like 20, <laughs> 20 years ago, maybe almost now. Right. Oh God, um, has it been that long? I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it's quite. It's um, been quite a long time. Yeah. Um, so that's about all I knew. So it took me a little bit to get into it, um, but just for that. But the I I read the book first and. Um, the people who did the scanlation, like the translation of the book, did a lot of explaining, which I really appreciated. And I had grace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was there. Um, like, the the thing about it is that Amora Zushi actually is a very different type of um, genre compared to a lot of the Xinxia dramas that I've read before. Like, I've read other books that are similar to that, but it's a different, it's a really different type. Because um, they, the, the names, the courtesy name, like the those are very uh, not common, I think, in some of the other stories I've, I've read. I don't, I don't normally get to see a lot of stories where they have that many names. Um, I do see like somebody with a birth name, and then they get a title, like that's common. Mm -hmm. But um, to have like 
all three, like a birth name, a courtesy name, and a title is kind of um, a lot to, to get used to in, in a book. Because you start, you start thinking, wait, is that title that person? Who are we talking about right now? You know, like when you're reading yeah. the novel, you have that you have that problem. But and then um, when I when I went to try to look like a, up a, an image guide of who's who, there were some spoilers sometimes too of who had right, died and right, who was related right. to who that I didn't know yet. So it was tough. But yeah, having read her other two books, they don't they don't have the three name thing going on. Right, oh, right. Easier. Like one of one of the things that I did with my sister, which is I, I felt so bad because my sister was watching the TV series and um, I was trying not to spoil her. So I was like, don't you think um, uh, like I was using the kid's name for uh, Suzui. I was like, don't you think he's so cute? And then like my sister's like, who's he? And then so she went and looked up on Google and she's like, oh, oh. you just ruined the part for me. I was like, I no. didn't mean to. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's very confusing. The names are very confusing. I feel like at this point in time in our generation and whatever, if you look up something on the internet, you're gonna get a spoiler. You should just prepare yourself for that. Very true. Very true. I mean, no matter what the fandom is, it's gonna happen. Yes. So I know all of us got into this uh, in various different ways, and we've all consumed different media uh, since it has so many different forms to get into this. Uh, there are several different types of media that we could have either read or watched or even listened to uh which uh how did you first hear about this and and which types of uh modal zushi have you actually consumed charles so let's see i think uh, i think i first heard about it from kit and then we were at grace's house and she put on the first couple of episodes and she was I'm really glad that you did that because you're able to point out who's who and explain some of the multi-naming thing going on. Um, <laughs> that gave me a baseline, and especially because they're talking about cultivation, and I, I was just like, I do not understand what that is. What are they? Are they growing plants? Like, are they cultivating <laughs> tulips? I mean, what are they doing? And so um, after that, it I was gonna go and watch the rest of the the animation, but um, I didn't. And then eventually, I guess I. I found the book or you show me where to read the book and I read it all the way through and I read it all the way through again. <laughs> it's so awesome. Uh, but I have also watched the untamed uh, and I have watched now I have watched the animation, the both seasons of it and I've downloaded the audio drama, but I haven't um, read it, listened to it yet. You need to. It's amazing. <laughs> the audio drama is amazing. They did such a good job on it. Um, so for me, actually, as the Chinese member of this club, I was not the first one <laughs> to get to know Mozushi. Um, uh, Kit actually was the one also who um, introduced me to uh, Modazushi. Um, she was the one that mentioned that there's this animation coming out that's um, BL and it's uh, or related to BL and it's like from from China. And I was like, what? I was like, how did I not hear about this? And so I started looking into it. And um, I found the animation that's uh, like coming out or I, I'm not sure by that time, I think it came out with a couple episodes by then. Um, so I found it and I started looking at it and then I was like, whoa, I really like this. And then so I, I went and looked up if it's like more than just an animation and I found that it was based off of a novel. And so I went and uh, read the audiobook or listened to the audiobook, read the book, um, and got into the novel first. And so I fell in love with the characters through the novel. And then later on, I found out that it was um, also uh, 
the Untamed series, the web series, and I got into that. And then um, I also got into the audio drama, which is amazing. So um, I pretty much have seen almost all the different kind of mediums for uh, Modao Zeshi. So if you have questions about that, you can always ask me. But um, I love, I love. That's them. right. <laughs> right. I love all versions of it because they all bring different types to it. Of course, the original is the best because it has all the details in the novel. But um, seeing it live action was really cool too and um the audio drama like the people voicing the characters they did such a good job and they do a lot of the extra scenes that that it's just like they give them more character to it it is really fun to to listen to the live action is so good they could not have picked better actors for most of the roles it really would not be the same without Shaozen in particular um, and because they made so many changes, it's almost like watching a completely different story. It's kind of like how I really love the book Howl's Moving Castle and the movie Howl's Moving Castle because they're different enough. You could really evaluate them on their own and they're both so good. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say that was interesting about the audio drama or the, the visual uh, drama is the voice actors for the characters were different than the actual actors you're watching on screen. So when they're saying things, that isn't their voice. And that just blew my mind. <laughs> and and here's the thing is if you if you want to know a special special uh, uh, or, or um, what's that called? What is the word for it? Um, something interesting is that the voice actor for um, the web series, the the TV web series, is the same voice actor for the animation. So they mm-hmm. had the same person doing the voice acting because he does such a good job of the voice that they asked him to do the same voice for the web, <laughs> web series. Can you explain to us what the difference is between a web series and the animation? Um, the web series is a, a, a t- it's like a TV series, but it, it aired on Tencent's website instead of airing on TV first. So that's the same as the live action? Or it that's is the live action. Oh, okay. The, the web series the is end the end live end. action. So who whose voices are the same? Uh, a couple, actually. So the, um, I, didn't, I didn't write it down, but I know uh, Wei Wuxian from the animation. Um, the voice actor for Wei Wuxian in the animation is the same voice actor for Wei Wuxian in the live action um the voice like some of the voice actors that were like uh good guys in the animation were bad guys in the in the like tv series like they all like mix and match they they try to choose the same people because they did such a good job of it um i i can try and search it for a second but uh we'll talk about it in a second if i found it yeah so I guess it's my turn to share how I brought it to the group. Yes. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I uh, introduced this series to the group because um, my coworker had said, hey, I found this random thing on YouTube because somebody on my Twitter that I follow for fan art started drawing these really pretty Chinese men. And that's literally how I got started is it was... Um, still pretty new on Twitter that you only found fan art of it if you happen to be following um, Chinese artists or um, artists who just had happened to stumble upon it. And um, we, let's see, they it took them a little bit to get me to sit down and watch it. And at first I actually found the wrong thing on YouTube and I was like, what is it? <laughs> like I ended up finding this show 
about some kid who loses his arm and there's a dragon. And I was like, what? Why do they think there's BL in this? This is weird. It was it was very odd. And I, I went back to work and I was like, what part of this is BL? And I explained what I saw and they were like, oh, no, that's wrong. That's and Full Metal it, Alchemist. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so it turned out that it had been taken off of YouTube by the time I was finally able to sit down and watch it. And so I had to go and search for it. And I think uh, the next spot for anyone not in China was to watch it on daily motion. <laughs> so finally got into it, was super hooked. Um, will admit, cause I started on the anime or the, the animated series. Um, it took a couple of episodes because it was a little confusing. There was some same face syndrome because if you, you're not used to the animation style, everyone looks very similar until you see their different manner, mannerisms and things like that. And so it, it took a minute. But, you know, after the time shift, which they did so subtly that it was like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> wait, who? Huh? What year is it? Um, right. Definitely got into it. Um, fell down the Twitter rabbit hole trying to find artists who knew what it was. And it was kind of fun because, yeah, I, I kind of got to be in that period where it just blew up, where you saw it mentioned if you were following the right people to now everybody seems to know what it is. And it's great because there's so much fan art and it's so pretty. Um, I have been a little slower on like reading the novel and keeping up with that and live actions aren't really my thing. So I've watched some of the Untamed, but um, I just, I also have a, a hard problem with reading subtitles uh, just because of vision. And I have two asshole cats who like to sit directly in front of the uh, subtitles. Uh, literally every time I have something on TV that requires subtitles, they are right smack dab in front of it. Nice. It's, it's the fucking worst. I love them. <laughs> um <laughs> And so I, I have been a little slower on the other mediums, but I think for me, Modal was more, I watched the animated series and then I kind of just fell on the fandom side of um, getting into it. You know, I was super into, you know, looking at fan art. I have a cosplay. We did a fun cosplay for a couple of cons where we had, um, I was Wei Wuxin, Sarah was Lan Waji, and Grace was, she's, I can never say his name. I'm so sorry. She, She's way. See, there we go. Um, and that was super fun too, because like I think we did our cosplay perfectly, where it was still like exciting because you saw when you saw another person doing it, you're like, oh my god, there there's other people. There are people who recognize this. This is so cool. Um, and props to Sarah, by the way. She made our costume. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Sarah made all <laughs> these ginormous robes with so many friggin' layers. And yes. it was fantastic. And, you know, we definitely took on a monumental cosplay because, like, at first it was like, oh, okay, robes, yeah, this is fine. And I looked at the props and I was like, oh, this will be easy. And the wigs, yeah, no problem. Oh, my God, I was so wrong. Um, <laughs> but still turned out awesome. And maybe one day we'll do other versions because I still kind of want to do Yiling patriarchy but then i'm also like oh god that wig just straight you down need hair to, though. you need to uh, you need but to. he's you got to so it. much hair <laughs> <laughs> it will be beautiful you will look okay make, uh, make sure to do it on a con that's in the winter yeah that? no i need to go to one of those conventions where they have it in the dead of winter 
<laughs> That'll be perfect. I will uh, say though, I I generally recommend any modazushi uh, like um, cosplays to be done in the winter because it's just so many layers of clothing. It's so many layers and so much hair. God, it's so much hair. And, <laughs> but um, and for fans, totally hit us up on Twitter with if you have like cosplays, and maybe we'll post pictures of our cosplay on our Twitter. So maybe check it out. Yeah, we might. Who you knows? know, maybe maybe we'll share some of that. Who knows? Let's see what the interest is. Uh, <laughs> I've posted a few times on our Twitter about Modal, and there's been some response. So I think we've got some fellow fans um, following us. So, you know, hit us up. We'll share. We'll squeal. We'll do it all. <laughs> and speaking of hot, on The Untamed, I guess it was filmed in the dead of summer. Oh. And those poor, sweaty <laughs> boys are so hot. When you So when I originally watched it as it was airing um, through Vicky, um, paid, and that is uh, the one, I don't know, the version I have is in standard def. And so it's not as apparent. But then when I saw a couple episodes on Netflix, which is in high def, you can tell how they're so sweaty. Those poor <laughs> babies. Those poor guys. They were. <laughs> there's, they were. There's all sorts of behind the scenes of them just like holding fans or cradling the air vent and talking about yes. which scenes were the hottest to film. And That's the perk, though, is we get these really good behind the scene photos. Yeah. Like... But you know, gosh, they're so shiny. Oh, they, there's a photo out there somewhere of uh, I think is it Neil Hyson's character, um, um, the actor. He put his whole head inside the ventilation, <laughs> like he just literally <laughs> puts his head in in the ventilation. I, there's one of Shao Zen. He's this is oh, like yeah, yeah. the last scene because the last scene that they did, they filmed it in like a giant tent. It's supposed to be a temple, but it's a giant tent, and apparently it was just sweltering. And he's yes. like laying down cuddling this like pipe that had was pumping cold air in and he says yes. this is my wife or something or <laughs> well, the other thing was that they they whenever they get cut like when they uh when the director calls cut they all rush to it like they try yeah. to like fight each other for it it was hilarious when they talked about it, it was i funny. just loved seeing all the pictures of them in like half the robes and then short shorts like that yes. was that was fantastic, and their hair and ponytails, those long ass wigs and ponytails. Yes, oh god, but yeah, that that is definitely the biggest lesson for this entire series is if you dress up like it, you're gonna die because <laughs> it's yes. very warm. Right, right. Oh, and I um I also wanted to make a correction on the voice actor. So I was wrong. The voice actor for Wei Wushen is the voice actor for the audio drama. So like the audio drama and the live action are the same voice actor. And then the animation for Lan Wangji and the live action is the same voice actor. So they, they basically kind of like took all the different genres and mixed them together for the voice mm -hmm. acting. So, uh... I I have uh, not read as much as, as some of you. Uh, I have not read the novel, but I have. I started with the anime, and just like Kit, I was very confused. I did not realize there was a time jump at all, so I was very confused. I was like, what is going on? What happened to the guy in chains? <laughs> they were in a forest! <laughs> confused so I, I sort of I got through episode 10 and was still confused and I was like okay well I'm gonna take a break and then the live action happened and I binged watch over the course of 
two Sundays, uh, all of the, all 50 episodes, which is an all day thing. Yes, with Grace, and I I love it. Uh, the live action is a lot easier to follow, I feel. <laughs> like, um, it was very clear. I mean, there aren't any cheesy 80s, like, dream sequence change for the time change, but you get a clearer idea of what's going on, I feel like. So I, I enjoyed that one. And that's the only ones that I have seen. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about our favorite oh. character and our least favorite character. What about Jordan's responses? Oh, good point. Thank you for stopping me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have another fan in our group, uh, Jordan, and, uh, you know, I was talking to her, and apparently she heard from Kit as well, um, and, uh, or, or a coworker. Maybe she heard from the same coworker you did. We, we were in the same group, so it, it was all kind of <laughs> at once we all heard, but we heard from the same coworker, and then pulled all yeah we got all got pulled in yeah because uh jordan was telling me that uh a friend or co-worker of hers who likes chinese animated shows uh showed her it and she's actually watched part of the series and read part of the novel um and started the live action so but has not finished so that's something for jordan to look forward to um now let's talk a little about our favorite and our least favorite characters uh, I know Jordan, without any explanation, uh, told me that her favorite is Johnson, uh, John Chung, and uh, her least favorite is Wen Ning. And I'm like, you don't like Wen Ning? You don't like the that... soft bulldozer? That doesn't <laughs> sound right, because she does love Wen Ning. She may have meant... Um... Oh. Oh, Wen she meant Chow. those are both her favorite characters, and yeah. then Wen Chao is her least. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, okay. I, I was confused there, and I was like, Wen Ning has to be a favorite of anyone. Yeah, I oh, yeah, understand. Definitely. I remember <laughs> her saying that she loves Wen Ning. I can tell you exactly why she loves, I know exactly why she loves Zhang Chung, and it's because he's tired, and he also has dogs. So, he's, he's, he's not a tired dad, he is a tired uncle, but that still counts, and he has dogs, and that's just her type, so. Sorry to call you out like that, Jordan, I love you, bro. <laughs> yes, Plus, Charles. he's like, what's that called, to, uh, the, the soft-hearted, the, like... Sundere. Sundere. Yes, yeah, he, yeah. He is yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay, so let's see. I, I kind of struggle with who my favorite character is, but um, one of my very favorite scenes involves both of them. So anyway, the one that warms my heart the most is Ah Yuang, the little baby. <laughs> and the, the little toddler who loves hugging people's legs and was planted <laughs> as a radish and oh. says... When is Rich Gaga coming back? <laughs> and, right. oh my god, the little boy, he's so cute, and I love him. I loved him in the book, and then I love him in the live action. He's just, they picked the perfect little boy for that. And then um, he corresponds to another character who I also love. And But I also think maybe my best boy is Long Wang Ji, Hang Wang Doom, because... Um, just at the very end, there's sort of a reveal about his feelings and how far they go back in the depth of them and <laughs> how he was stood just, let's see, he was just such a solid rock for so long and very, very patient. And I love him. 
Um, I also wanted to back you off of what you said, um, back off of what you said, uh, basically, it's the part about Ayun, like, in the novel, he's adorable, he's a really cute kid, but, like, he doesn't hug people's legs, if I remember correctly, that was only in the TV series, right? I kind of think he does, I think he does like hugging people's legs. But it is, I don't remember it being mentioned as much, like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, a big thing. If I remember correctly, it wasn't a big thing. I do, I do remember... I do remember the 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 um, planting him as a radish yes. was, was definitely in the book, but yes. but I don't think the hugging of the leg was. I think that was more the character in the TV series. They like the live action. He actually did that, and then so they they wanted that. But he's adorable. Then the scene where he goes away from Wei Wuxian at the market and runs into Lao oh Wanshi and starts crying. That is like one that's, of my favorite scenes. That's in the book. And it's amazing, yes. and it's in yes, the show, and the it's book. even more amazing. Right, right. That and scene. I think that's the only part. I think that was the only part in the book where he hugged his legs. Like, uh-huh. he was crying and hugging his But But it wasn't yeah. like a like a hobby that he had in mm-hmm, the books. Mm-hmm. But they made it a hobby that he had in the, the, the um, like, live action, which is adorable. I, I found, I was like, oh, you are so cute. Um, you picked the perfect kid. Right, right. Uh, so my OTP is Wang Xin. So of course I can't say that my favorite character is one or the other. It's both of them together. Um, but I will say when I first read the novel, when I first started the the, the whole series, um, my favorite character in the beginning was definitely uh, Wei Wuxian because he's such a like interesting character he kind of reminds me i don't know if anybody has ever heard of this um our audiences if you ever heard of jing yong it's uh he's a very popular writer of a lot of martial arts and um xianxia wuxia kind of novels and one of his novels has this character it's uh, uh from um shao jianghu it's it's uh in chinese it's actually called uh or sorry in english it's called the smiling Priled wonder and um, the main character in that is very similar to Wei Wuxian's character, where he's like this um, oldest disciple who drinks a lot and like follows the rules, but also bends him in his own way. And then he gets all these things thrown at him. And then so basically he kind of like has a very similar lifestyle, like like life story. And so when I um, watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this reminds me of that character. And I, I always loved that character. And so, um, but he has such a, such an optimistic character that I was like, oh my God, I can't not love you. And, um, later on, as I read the novel and like you, uh, like Charles, I actually fell super in love with Lan Waji because you really figure out his character towards like the bottom half of the novel. And you really, really like fall in love with his character because he has so like in the beginning you feel like he has no feelings he's like he's just like there he's like a block like a wooden block but then it gets to a point where you're like oh my god he is so full of feelings that you just like it overflows to you um charles i, I saw that you wanted to say something yeah uh what, speaking of characters that Wei Wuxian reminds me of um the movie life is beautiful which is about uh, an Italian Jewish family in a concentration camp during World War II. And there's a, a father, and he's just always joyful, even in, they're in the you know, worst situation in humanity, but he's always joyful. He's always making things better and making, like, sort of protecting his son from what's going on. And there's a scene where uh, the German guy comes in and says, I need someone to interpret for me. 
And so uh, he says, oh, I, I speak German. And so he, he, but he doesn't. And so the German guy is saying the rules of the concentration camp and it's just horrible things. But the Italian guy is translating it saying, okay, so we're going to play a game and the winner gets a tank. And so you have to sleep, you know, tuck your bed, to, you know, make your bed. And it's really funny. And everybody else is kind of freaking out. Um, because they're like, this guy's going to get in trouble for doing this. But the German guy doesn't speak Italian, so he doesn't know. And there's so many parallels to Wei Wuxin's character when the, the world is ending around them and he's still being joyful and trying to lift people's spirits. In particular, there's a scene that reminds me of that so much, especially when I saw the live action. I really connected it where they're sort of prisoners um, of the Wen sect and they're all going to like learn from them or something. And so they say, somebody, we told you, you need to memorize the, this book, the which is, um, what is what, their book of their sect of famous sayings? And like, who's memorized it? Wei Wuxin says, I have. And he goes up there and like, okay, say it. And then he starts reciting, but it's actually the lawn sex rules instead of the when sex rules. And he gets in trouble, but that's, that's to lift everyone else's spirits, including his own. But it's just so much like that in the face of the horrible things happening. He's still the most joyous person, even when the world is falling around him <laughs> until it finally really does fall. But um, yeah, he's, he's great. I like him. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, and, and the thing about it is that he also, not just because he's optimistic, but he also like, he won't let the law shape him basically yeah. if, if the law is wrong he will break it and and that's that's why i i love that character and and like i said in other characters that i've seen he's the type of guy that just just because um you say you're on the good side and you're doing justice um if you're not really actually doing what is justice he he has he has a, a balance of his own like he doesn't follow it and 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 i like that i like that he knows that just because people say that's the right thing to do he if it doesn't seem right he's gonna name it out he's gonna call it out yeah other than wang shen which i love of course is lan Sizui. i i cannot say not say him because i mean come on i cosplayed him i love him <laughs> so is, is uh our sky uh our uh, sky gusu sky baby um <laughs> and um <laughs> we we love Sizue and all of the the cloud oh cloud babies sorry cloud babies um we love all the cloud babies and uh so so I definitely love him I won't say too much about it but I I love him he's adorable he's a sweetheart and he deserves all the love from his two boyfriends <laughs> so my favorite is uh pretty much as everyone's been saying way we should um cosplayed him love him because uh a lot of like what y'all had said about him but also like i i really like the duality of wei wushin where he does goof around and he tries to make everyone smile but then and so everyone just assumes he only has like this one dimension to him but then in reality he's like feeling everything and it, it definitely complements lamaji very well who like everyone's like oh he has no emotion you can't tell but he's also feeling everything and, like, you only get these moments where, like, um, when Wei Wuxin is yielding patriarchy and, you know, he's having to shoulder the responsibilities of his choices and actions and also trying to protect people and save people that he cares about. And it's just, like, he's still, when he's out around these people trying to smile and make them feel good, and then he goes back to his cave and you can just see how how hard it is for him and how, how much it's impacting him. And it's just... He's a very complex character who 
at the end of everything, still can smile. I mean, like, even when he, you know, I mean, this isn't really spoiled, dies. Because, <laughs> like, you watch the first episode, you kind of get an idea. Right. Um, but it's like, he comes back to life, and I don't know if I had been killed and then was reincarnated. I don't know if my first thing would be, like, I'm going to help out some people and, you know, <laughs> figure out some things. I'm going to be like, holy fuck, I'm alive. Thank fucking God. You know, like, there's, he just, he's very selfless, but at the same time, you know, he knows what he wants. He knows what he's going to do, and he's going to do everything he can to help everyone and do it with a smile. And I don't know, he's just a goofy, lovable idiot who isn't actually an idiot, which is kind of perfect. Because I love me some idiots. We all know this. I love those <laughs> dumb-headed himbos. But, like, Wei Wuxin can act like a himbo, but then in the background have, like, this whole plan going on. And you're like, oh, fuck, where, what the hell? He's a mastermind. And that's just fantastic. And then, um, I mean, I also really love Zhang Chung. Uh, he's just so grumpy. <laughs> and it's just really cute. And I also... Midway through the series, you're just like, oh my god, somebody give this boy a hug. And I really think things... Zhang Chung could be a little bit better if somebody would just give that man a hug. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, and least he favorite... A hug. He yeah. really does. I mean, he's been through so much. And you know what? He has to put up with Wei Wuxin as a teenager. Like, <laughs> that's a lot to deal with, y'all. Like, cut the man some slack. He's been through it. <laughs> um, least favorite character, I mean, it's it's gotta be Wen Chao. Like, let's let's be real. What a piece of shit. <laughs> like, my favorite thing, and even though I haven't, like, fully read the novels and everything, I'm fully aware of, like, every spoiler out there. So, I love that things happen worse for him in the novel than even in the anime and the anime was pretty gruesome so like thumbs up y'all <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> i i also wanted to add in um my i don't know who my least favorite character because actually uh the author does such a good job of making you understand all the characters so well that i can't really like say i have a least favorite character because all the characters are so interesting even the bad guys are interesting in a way that i was like okay i don't love win chow in the novels i don't love him um and i there's times when i do want him to die in the novels like i'm like okay you need to go but i will say in the live action series that the actor for Wen Chao is adorable. He actually made me laugh. Um, I if you if you see his interviews, he's really cute, and he tries to explain. He's like he just he's just a guy who's having some troubles, and you know, like he's like you guys, he's not that bad. And I was just laughing so hard. Um, so I, I think Wen Chao he himself like in the character is definitely um a dislikable character, but I think he's needed in the novel to a point, so I don't hate him. Um, but. It's very interesting how she makes all these characters. Even the people like you later on find out has done like even like uh, people who've read the novel or seen the things like people start hating Jonathan in the beginning, but you start to realize why why he is that way and you fall in love with him. So there's characters in the beginning that you start to dislike, and then you you fall in love with, or there's characters that you thought you liked, and then later on we're like, oh okay, okay maybe I don't like you as much, but then you feel for them. No matter what, you feel for these characters, and the authors author does such a good job with that. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot my fav my least favorite character. Um, I think probably Shui Yang. 
the who's a psychotic evil person is one of my is probably my least favorite but also when Julio, the core melting hand i hate him as well he i'm glad he died pretty badly too because he his his special power was just ruining people's lives i mean he's <laughs> horrible and who would want that and why would you use it anyway so i really didn't mm -hmm. like him but but like you've said the all the characters are so well-rounded they all have a backstory that you understand and motivations and the whole story is just a masterpiece of all loose ends are tied up and uh, you're really not left with any questions um it's just really really well done I would have to say, uh, so my favorite character at first was uh, Lamanji, but then it changed after I got to the end and found out how cool Ni Ni Haison is, and uh, he became he became my new favorite. I was like, oh no, no, throw away everyone else. You're the best. <laughs> um, I, I liked him a lot. Uh, I think my least favorite was less to do with. Uh, whether I hate someone or not, because I feel like hating characters, if you really, really hate them, it's the opposite of love. And so you're still invested in them. You're just invested in them in a different way. And I feel like the one character that I wasn't really invested in and didn't really care about uh, was uh, Jean uh, Zishan, uh, mm -hmm. the father of Jean Lee. Yeah, yeah, the peacock, the peacock man. Uh, I wasn't really invested in his character or his character storyline. He was okay. He was great. I mean, I get what he, he was going through, but I did not care. <laughs> um, so. I agree. He was he was kind of an annoying character, actually. I will say, if I had to pick a dislikable character, I probably would pick him because he was he was yeah. not a good father. He was not a good leader. He was he was just like nothing good. He was adequate on every level, and that doesn't scream "I love or hate you." That's just, eh. and mm -hmm. I can take him or He's leave him. He's a frat boy himbo. Exactly. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. he would have been a good father. He, but you know, we didn't no, get the chance to find no. out. He he is not <laughs> no. a good father. He the only good father, like the only person who can call him a good father, is is his his his. Uh, uh, main son, like the one that's from his uh, main wife. Are we talking about the the Jin? Oh, I thought we were talking about Jin no. Jisun. Jin Jisun. Yeah, that's oh, no, what no, we're talking about. I was him. talking about the his father. dad is a. Oh no, I wasn't talking about him. Sorry, sorry. I'm. I'm yeah, on his, board dad no, his dad was dad bad, and I liked that. that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He's horrible. Yeah, he he was horrible. He 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 was a character that I felt like was just oh awful. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about his son. Oh, the son. Yeah. He doesn't get mentioned much in the book. I mean, he he's mentioned. Yeah. That's he's why I didn't much. like him because he's not invested at all. Like I don't feel anything for him. Wait, the father, uh, the father I could about... Zishwin. Zishwin. The one that's married Zishwin. to the sister? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot of personality. He he's not bad though. He, his personality but that's the is whole just... thing, is he's not bad, he's not good, he's not anything. Yeah, he's not anything right. I care about. He's, he's, he's just average. there. Right, he's just right. a name on a page, and I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't deserve sister, though. Like, like no sister. No deserves the world. <laughs> no, I, I mean, if they were bad, I can love to hate them. But he's not bad right. or good. He's just plain, and I don't like white bread. <laughs> um, 
I think in the novel they explain his character a little bit better because uh... well see I, I understood his character's motivation right it wasn't the problem of not understanding him or seeing where he came from or, or seeing how much mm-hmm. he loved uh, Achan it was just I didn't care right so, I mean, I think that's the only character that I can really say that about even, though, because everyone else, I was invested in some way. Either I loved to hate them or I I hurt to love them. There was no in between except for him where he was like, okay. <laughs> so, I think my fav- uh, favorite moments, I know Jordan was talking about how she just, I mean... She really liked the porn book in the Cloud Recess Library, <laughs> uh, which was a blast. And the cave section, really, she just likes any time they flirt, which yeah. I can get that. Yes. What was some of y'all's favorite moments? From the book, my favorite moment, and from the show, one of my favorite moments, uh, I think is um, at the market where Ayuan runs into Long Wanji and starts crying and everyone gathers around and is like, is this your first kid? Is your first time being a dad? You know, hey, where's his mom? Like, it's okay. Once you have a few more, it'll be better. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not the, fo- uh, what? And then anyway, that that whole part, that whole scene and where they go eat and everything is just awesome uh, in both. And then, but in the live action episode 46, if you're watching the full thing, where there's a big reveal um, about something that happened in the past um, that Jong Chung didn't know about, he'd been kept from, or or Long Wenji. In the book, it is not, I mean, I did not see it coming at all, this thing that happens. Not one bit. In the live action, it's very heavily hinted at. So I think people could, could will probably see it coming a mile away. Um, so it's not really a surprise to anybody but the characters on the screen. But in the book, it was, I was so shook. I was shook, shooked about it. It was mm-hmm. a big ass surprise, and um, the way that they handled it in the live action, that episode was just so beautiful and perfect. And Lam Wanji's manly tears give me life. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite that's also in the novel and as well as filmed in the live action. It's all I think it's in every every genre. Um, is the part where they were in the uh, turtle. Um, Turtle, I forgot what turtle of slaughter. The <laughs> yes, of slaughter. yes, the, the slaughtered turtle thing <laughs> uh, that they—I don't know what they translated to, but uh, basically that cave scene was amazing. Um, and it's—it's it's basically one of those moments when they like kind of realize there's something there. They don't mention it. It's there's a lot of awkward gay moments, but it's there. And that's why I love that one because it's like the starter of every, everything. Um, the other part that I liked um, in, I also love the ones that Charles mentioned. I, those are some of my favorite scenes, definitely. I, I'm a person who loves angst and like anguish and like making myself feel bad to make myself feel good. Um, those kind of scenes are awesome. <laughs> and so uh, the part in episode 46 that you mentioned, yes, definitely one of my favorite. Also, another of my favorite um, is the episode where they're running down the steps in Koi Tower. Uh, and here's the thing is that in the novel, they were just running away. They didn't really have a dialogue going on. But in the TV series, in the live action, 
they actually had a dialogue and that dialogue where Lai Wanji and Wei Wuxin were looking at each other where like he tried to push him away to like make Lai Wanji not get caught with him so like people wouldn't, wouldn't mistake that he's working with him and like just kind of like pretending like it's all on him that part oh my god my heart was just like oh <laughs> and like uh Lai Wanji was like no uh I, I knew it was him like you know like he he owned up to it and he was like saying that he wanted to be there with him that moment was beautiful I love that moment um one of the other parts that I love is also like towards the end where uh where Suzui actually remembers who he is and he runs up to the couple and that scene was adorable like in in the novel it was great but like on the live action I cried. I was like, oh my god, it's the, that moment. And um, the actor who played Suzui actually said that he did it once in one cut, and he and they they said it was great, but he said no, he didn't feel it, and so he asked them to redo it, and and he redid that scene to to give his wholehearted like he wanted it to be the best, and it I think he did a great job of that scene. It it really you can feel it when you when you watch it. So those are some of the scenes that I loved, 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 loved. Of course, and then um. So the BL side of me in the novel, I've got to love the last, uh, the last couple chapters with all the extra stuff going on that is never mentioned in any of the other genres. Like, so if you really love BL and you want to know what happens to Wei Wuxian and Lai Wanji, actually like their romance and um, their extra stuff going on, it's later on in the chapters. It it goes into full detail, no hiding, it, no censorship. Um, it, it the censorship is actually on the China release version but the Taiwan release version has all of the details like the original details that the author put in there and it's amazing I love it those are some of my favorite chapters well I have to agree with Jordan that anytime they flirt is fantastic especially <laughs> just seeing kind of like I mean Lamaji doesn't show that he's frustrated but you know he's frustrated and that's just fantastic um the the porn in the library scene is just it's so funny in the animated series it is just God, Wei Wuxian's such a little shit. I love him so much. Um, the cave scene is also a big win. I mean, okay, although first off, like, that turtle, they should have just left him alone, okay? He was doing nothing but sleeping, and I will stand by this. But that's just because I love turtles. Blame, blame Wen Chao. Blame Wen I know, Chow. it's He's all Wen Chao's fault. But, like, that turtle was just trying to take its long-ass nap, and then all these fuckers come into its cave, and people are like, oh, no, the turtle was so angry. It attacked them. No. They angered it, and it is not its fault. I stand by that, and I will die on this hill. Um, so that's also one of my favorite characters. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I also am... This kind of also relates back to favorite characters. I completely forgot, and I feel terrible, but uh, Wen Ning's sister, Wen King? Wen Qing. Wen Qing. I love her, and when she's first um, dealing with Wei Wuxian and Zhang Chang, I just, her entire attitude is just fantastic, and they're, she's, like, so done with their nonsense, and you can tell they've not had a woman, like, kind of be like that since their sister, and it's just very heartwarming that she's just on top of her shit and a ca strong capable woman and helping them all the time so like I love any scene with her um just because yeah it's it's a BL story so obviously we're going to be focusing on the men but like anytime Wen Qing's in there or even their sister I just 
I love them because they're strong, capable women, and that's fantastic. And the, and also, even I know this is a little controversial. Zhang Chong's mom, uh, she was a boss ass bitch, and you, I loved that whole storyline. Is one of my favorites because like you hate her when she's like you know being horrible to Wei Wuxin, and you're like, God, what a bitch! I, I can't believe she's doing this. And then you get to kind of the end of that arc, and you're like, Oh no, my heart. And it just, oh, God, that was so good. Like, having to to go through that. And, I mean, it's terrible for Zhang Chung, and that's why he needs a hug. Um, but that whole scene when she gives him the ring, so good. Because it was just so powerful. And um, I also really, really appreciated um, in the animated series, I believe it's at the end of season one. Or maybe it's at the end of one of the seasons, and you see Wei Wu Shen and La Wanji look at each other, and that's how they end it. And it's the way they did it, you just know that like they both know who each other is, and it's it's really powerful because like they freeze it on that, but like the way they're looking at each other and just the whole feel of it just really summarizes the series as a whole for me and just how the how much these two love each other and I just I really appreciate that so and yeah I think those are those are probably some of my top scenes just a lot of badass women and then flirting so much flirting I also wanted to uh, say that yes um although this is a BL novel they the author really does do a great job of creating such amazing strong feminine characters like those those females really like even though they're not main characters they do such a good job of portraying such um, a strong feminine side like of the 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 um like I don't know what else to say about them but like they're they're just great like they they are not just mothers um but with multiple layers of how they are acting the way they are and um sisters and um, it's just they have so much like in that world of all the stuff that that's getting hit like they're getting hit with they're doing such a good job of creating these characters that are so strong and um, also the author does a really good job with character development with all of them like there's so many layers to them that's the thing that a lot of like I think um, Charles and I can really say this that that when you're reading the book at first you you see the character on a basic level but as you get more and more into it, there's so many layers to that character that you start to realize who they are more and more. Like, like for, for instance, the mother, Johnson's mother, like, you, you get mad at her for being so rude to, like, uh, Wei Wuxin for, like, really treating him horribly. But then you start to realize the reason why she's that way and how she can't act any other way because if she if she really hated him she would have killed him or kicked him out like there's so many reasons to why that character's that way and then when you start to get to know them more then you realize how much depth these characters have how many layers these characters have they're like really 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 interesting um so that's something that i think the, the author did such a good job about and um um creating those characters that later on when it comes to animation when it comes to um the live action they can portray it so well so if I had to pick one scene and one scene only for my favorite, I think it would be the moment where I think it's around episode 25 in the live action where Lam Wan Ji turns to his older brother and he says, I found someone that I want to take and hide in Gusu. And to us, we're thinking, okay, well, he just wants to hide the traitor out in Gusu in the back shed or something. 
but we have no idea what that really means to him until way later in the series when we realize what that meant was almost akin to a proposal and when you realize that I just was like oh my god my heart (laughs) so I think I think that's my favorite thing is not realizing even in that moment how much that meant and and what that meant for him to say uh, it was it's just a fam- so much. Uh, it's a famous line. It, that is a famous line, like a, a classic line in the novel that a lot of people requote. Like it's everywhere. That line where he says, "I want, I want to hide someone in Gusu." That that is a very, very big line in the novel. Yeah, because he knows it's basically going to be history repeating itself, and he's been raised to not let that happen. And he, as he says it, he knows what he's saying, and he's saying it anyway. So I know we've talked a little bit about the major differences between uh, different media types. Uh, Do we want to, so for those who have read the novel versus the live action versus the anime, um, what are some major differences that you feel are either missing entirely or changes that are are for the better uh, between the media? Well, one thing I can think of for sure that's different from, um, so for the live action, they created a new storyline with the Ying medals. That was never a thing with uh, the novels. There's only the um, the uh, the piece that that um, came that was created by Wei Wuxian. He created it. He was the one that founded it. So um, in the live action, it was not that way. It was like something there that 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 was out there. The live action in because of that storyline kind of takes some of the blame for things that happen later away from Wei Wuxin because sort of the theme of his character is he does a lot of the wrong things for the right reasons and he has impossible choices that he's forced to make and so he does the things that go against the grain and they just kind of keep escalating and escalating because once you once he turns one way there's no turning back and um, and so in the book it kind of culminates in this one really horrible event where a lot of bad things happen back to back to back and his whole life ends and then he dies. And um, it's really all his fault. But um, like di- he's directly responsible for what happened um, in the last few events. Though he's not responsible for everything that led up to it, he's responsible for how it ends. And in the, um, in the live action, they take some of that responsibility away from him by throwing in another character that was sort of interfering, um, which makes you—I I don't know. I guess it's it's censorship. Yeah. Basically, in in China, they have two different censorships that hindered the storyline to be the same. One of the uh, one of the big censorships that we all know is that they they don't allow allow BL content to be on live television they don't allow that to be publicized or promoted and so um they had to change the storyline where it's more bromancing a born bromance um and the other thing that they had to change is that they don't allow grayish type hero characters so when you have um someone who could do like dark evil actions they don't allow that to be the 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 hero in in public tv and so in the novel, Wei Wuxian does make mistakes. He's human. He does make mistakes. He does do stuff that are, are, are evil because of what happened. 
to him like it, it caused him to do that like for us we can't say that we always make the right decisions or we always try to do good like there's times when we want like we want to like okay I want to slap that person I want to do something like there's times when we do that so um it's more you relate to Wei Wushan in the novel a little bit more because you understand that's why he he chose to do things and then he realized he made a mistake because here's the thing is we re we all regret after we make these things and that's how you feel the regret a little bit more deeper with Wei Wuxian in the novel because he does start to realize that he made these mistakes because he lost his judgment he lost um his his um those kind of uh moments where he lost control like and and I'm gonna say it because it's easier to explain it so like when when Wei Wuxian um control winning and killed uh uh Jing uh oh I forgot his name the the Jeans, yeah, I don't know if that's how you say it, but yes, the the brother-in-law. Um, that that is actually him. He lost control and killed him, so he is supposed to take responsibility for that. Um, and then like him, in at the at the part where they're all like trying to kill him, he does kill people. They're, I mean, like, come on, he's he's Ealing Patriot. Why wouldn't he kill people? <laughs> like, it's it's not it's not that um black and white it's really grayish area and so they so they actually don't show him that way in the tv series a couple of things that i know uh had been mentioned while i was watching the series was uh wending uh they portrayed him as sort of still alive after uh and they also during the big battle there were just ghosts that they were fighting not actual people Okay, so that's also the the thing is that they don't they don't allow the necromancy part of that on TV. Um, so in the animation, they kept the necromancy, the evil side of it. So the animation actually kept the evil side to it, but the live action couldn't. Um, so yes, he actually rose an army of like dead people to fight them. So yes, that's correct. You're right. So the the like gas looking spiritual thing that's in that's that's all not the real thing. The real thing was actually dead people fighting them really unfortunate that the animated series is so far behind at this point because even though it was before the live action and everything it's only on season two which is not super far into the story like we're just getting to the point where um we're focusing on the current present time like we've gone back in time and said okay so here's some of the stuff that's happened and it's still not very far like you're only getting teases to the um the big reveals and things like that which is unfortunate because uh it got delayed and there was some stuff with season two and it wasn't as long of a season as season one so there's been all this stuff that's uh been unfortunate but um i will say the animated series i think even though they do have to uh cut out a lot of storyline because there was a lot of stuff that i had to go back and research because i was like what why was this scene so glazed over? Oh, it was because they completely skipped a scene and things like that. So that's the downside to the animated series is there's a lot missing, but they get to do a little bit more like Grace was saying with like, you know, raising zombies and having undeads and things like that. So take what you can. <laughs> right. And, and in the animation right now, um, the animation does it where they're all, like, I think they're around chapter 27 of the novel and the novel goes all the way to 126 chapters um they're around that so that's why they're in the beginning of the stages but the animation animation does do something that's a little bit different they take parts that's in the later chapters and put it in 
the early episodes. So there's a lot of jumping in the animation that you'll see. They reveal a little bit more as they go in the animation. So I don't think they fully go through the way the novel does. So I think they may um, still be doing okay because they're adding. Cause that's why I say they're probably in the middle of the novel, even though they ended on chapter 27. They had so much stuff that they pull from the later chapters that they actually the content of how much that they have in the animation is about half of the novel yeah but it it is unfortunate again because like the animation that's what i've primarily been on and so it's like i know yeah. there's a lot of stuff still to come and we don't even have a date for season three at this point and it's just like damn this is rough y'all <laughs> read the novel read the novel i know <laughs> i know i just my attention span is so non-existent. <laughs> so another thing they changed, and one of the complaints I had reading the book the first time through is that there's a lot of flashback and then flash to present and then flashback into present, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so in the Untamed, the live action, they have like an episode and a half um, and the in the present, which is the how the book starts, and then they do the entire past part and then they switch to the entire present part, which I think is generally speaking a smart choice um, for how they did that. And the animation has done something similar. Um, it's it's not as much back and forth as the book, but it's not all um, in chunks like like in past and then present like um, the live action is. But um, I do think that was a good call that they made because it was a little bit difficult to follow. Um, but I, when I reread it, I really saw why they did that because you kind of get to see the characters develop and then you get to see where all that came from and what they're talking about. I, I can see both sides. Yeah, and I think it's also to help um, readers who are reading the novel not get revealed so quickly on some of the, the stuff that she wants to have hidden in the storyline. The plot line is a little bit more mysterious. Whereas, as you're watching the TV series, we, we both know that a lot of things are just so out in the open. It's, it's easy, it, They just have to do it that way. But I agree with you. For filming-wise, for people like um, a, a TV, like a live action for people to watch it's definitely the way that it flows through the episodes is a lot better that way yeah i don't feel like i was spoiled for too much even though i watched the live action i feel like there was still enough that was secretive and and like you don't know what's going on that was still compelling even though the live action is very much easier to understand because they put it in chunks of this is the past and this is the future of the end <laughs> Um, I think it's just a, just the shock factor when you're reading the novel. There's a lot more shock to it when things are revealed when you're reading the novel. Whereas in the TV series, there's only certain... There's major shocks that still happen, but a lot of the, the things that when I was reading the novel that I was shocked about, the like the other things that I was shocked about, I wasn't shocked in the, in the TV series because they didn't hide it. They made it very, very open that it, that's going to happen. Speaking of twists, we all so we all know about Nihai Son and his ending. Does that make him a villain? That's the big question after everyone finishes the series. It's like, is he evil? Is he not? I think if you went on a very basic level, yes. But also, no? <laughs> like, I love him. I love him. Because, like, wow, what what a sneaky bitch. Like, honestly. 
And that's, like, if you want to talk about having, like, a two-face, like, knee hoist, I can never, God, I'm so fucking bad at names, but wow. And he's a great actor. He is. He's he's very, very good. And I don't know. I mean, he did bad things. (laughs) He did. So he did horrible things. He did some really bad shit. But yeah, like, I feel like he's, I think you could feasibly call him a villain. I, I really do just because of his acts. But, like, he's definitely, like, he's like a Loki, you know? Like, he bad, but he good. <laughs> so, I'm not here. I, so he's definitely a revenge is a dish best served cold person. I don't think he's evil. I think he's a little bit more like Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Yeah, where yeah. he waits for a long time. And he wants then justice. Just... But he's also a master manipulator of things in the background, I guess. And so I, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. So Arya Stark, she's a little bit more like, yeah, I did it. I'm here. Whereas for him, he was sort of a puppet master. Yeah. Um, but he owned but, up to it at the end. I mean, like, yeah. he, he's he's hiding sort of. it, but then he owns it. Yeah. So um, he's it's a very impressive character. I, I wouldn't say evil. I would say he's vengeful. <laughs> But mm-hmm. I, I don't think you I, have I to be agree. evil to still to be a villain. Like you still are doing pretty bad things, which are considered villainous. You know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I wouldn't flat out call him evil. I think vengeful, which villains can be very vengeful, and I think that's fine. Like I think we all kind of feel sometimes that you know when you want justice, you'll do what needs to be done. And in your and that that that's the thing is like a villain can be complex like that where they don't necessarily seem like they're bad but like what they're doing is not good. Mm-hmm. So I I yeah I think he's very much not evil but he's I wouldn't say a good guy. Yeah I don't I don't know I because I still don't think he's a villain I guess because I, he would be a villain if if we see what happens next and what he does now that his you know plan has been accomplished like how does it unfold from there but because of right. um all the things he did he took someone out that probably would have gone on being on top forever and not deserving to be there and being a bad guy um so i don't know i think he's not robin hood i don't know i can't think of a good comparison but i would say he's not a villain but he's not the hero um, I also agree with Charles. I, I don't think he's a villain or a hero, but he definitely is a great character. Um, he, to me, um, if there was no Niahui Sang, there is no Modao Zushi. Like, the story would not have flowed because he is, like, he is the mastermind of the whole storyline. Like, without him, the book would not be the same. <laughs> like, we wish him wouldn't uh, have come back. Exactly. He is the reason why Wei Wushan come back. Like, so to me, he is not a villain because he is the one that brought our main character back. Um, but I will say he is definitely a vengeful character that wants justice. But if you think about it, the way that the reason why he's doing it, like what people are like saying, why don't he just go and kill him? Like, why don't he just do it directly? Why does he have to be a mastermind and do all this stuff? If you if you read the books, you'll know it's because he can't. If he goes up to him and, and calls him out, nobody's going to believe him. In the novel, Jin Guangyao is way different 
than he is in the TV series, in the live action. His character in the novel is so likable that people all actually worship Jin Guangyao. Like, he's a character that people loved. Nobody suspected him as an evil character. If Nie Hwai Song called him out, nobody would believe him. He would, he would actually be the one targeted. And, and he, his character had never been a strong um, leadership position. So at that moment when he figured out what was going on, when he figured out like who is actually the one behind all this, he had no way of getting revenge. And, and that, that the way that he felt like would be justified for it, for it. And so he had to plan this whole thing to make it work. And here's the thing is that if you notice, he does love Wei Wuxian as a, like in, in the brother way, like they actually studied together. He actually, like they were friends. So, so even though he had a motive to bring him back, he really still cared for him to be back. Like there was reasons to all these things. So he wasn't to me, like, like we all agree, he wasn't evil. Um, but I also don't think he's a villain. He did do a lot of bad things. But he also did a lot of great things. Like, I think it balances in a way. Um, he he definitely is one of those characters that you would say, not a hero, not a villain, not, um, but definitely uh, important. Like, he's a main character in the novel that has to be there for the story to drive into the next parts of the, the plot line. And the last thing that I was going to say is that um, in in the TV series, the, the, um, the chief cultivator, that position... Um, was given to Lan Zhen in the end, like uh, Lan Wanji. Um, it was never given to him in the novel. In the novel, he he would like his character. Remember, he does he's his name. Remember his name. He he does he he doesn't want worldly things to happen. So he would never take up that position, like to 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 rule in that way. Um, so in the novel, never specify who would take it. And uh, somebody asked the author. Actually, she said it's probably going to be Nia Huaisang who takes that position. and But it's not in an evil intent. It's because he's probably the best person to take that position. He's smart. He knows what's right and wrong. He he knows how to sacrifice and do things. like So he's a great leader in a way. He's not brutal, but he knows what to do. I would say, if anything, he's a very good antagonist because he isn't always working in the favor of our protagonist, Wei Wuxin. But he's doing things that help move along the story, but also making decisions that aren't the most morally sound. So I still feel like that fits a role in, in at the very, again, basic sense, villain. But that doesn't mean he's evil or everything he does is bad. Because a lot of some of the really good villains out there have had moments where it's like, oh shit, that needed to happen. That was a good thing that they did. But maybe, you know... Hmm. What what did he do that was antagonist to our protagonist? Well, and it's not necessarily, I mean, a lot of the moves he made made it harder, I feel like, for our protagonist. I mean, you don't always have to do evil deeds to be an antagonist, you know? That's just... And I think that's wrong because he's the one that leads them to he. It, so if you actually um, know his character, he's the one that actually leads them through the whole thing. He's the one that's ship like slipping clues to them to for them to figure it out. He's the one that actually points them in the direction of how to solve the mystery. So I don't think he ever actually caused them problem. And I mean, maybe antagonist isn't the fully right, but I feel like he's still doing things that are anti to what the protagonist would want to essentially do or go about it but 
I mean, again, he's a very complicated character. I would only call him a villain as a, that would be a very basic definition for him, I think, in my opinion. So, that, and I'm not saying he's evil. That's, that's the thing. Like, evil and villainous, I feel like, don't always have to go hand in hand. So, I feel like villain is, uh, it's who whoever we hear the story from. Uh, if we read Harry Potter from Draco Malfoy's point of or perspective, we probably wouldn't see him as a villain. We would see maybe Harry as an antagonist. And so I feel like it's from the point of view. So I don't actually feel like Nihai San is a villain at all. I feel like if we were to hear the story from his perspective, he'd be a hero. Um, and I say that because you have to look at the results of what happened, uh, whether it was good for the majority of people that were on the side of or not. Um, if we were uh, looking at it from uh, the Wynn clan, we would see them as a, a villain at first, even if we were seeing it from their perspective because what they were doing was wrong, but then we would eventually see them as maybe a sympathetic villain even if it was from their perspective only. But if we put it just in Nihai San's perspective, everything he does is for the good of every other clan. Um, everything he does is for the good of the main characters. Now, I don't think that Wei Wuxin would have wanted to do things the way he wanted to do them, but I don't think Wei Wuxin would have been able to make that choice, that the hard choices that Nihai San had to make in order to get the outcome he, everyone would have desired. And I think because that outcome was so desired by everyone else, I wouldn't call him a villain. One thing that I think is a little bit of a parallel, because there's a lot of foreshadowing that happens in the book and things that they mentioned that come back around. The way that um, it all ended reminded me a little bit of the way Wei Wuxin killed Wen Chao and Wen Julu, where he sort of tortured them. He basically tortured Wen Chao to death and kind of kept stringing him along for a while. Now that was at a really bad point in Wei Wuxin's life. So it, it did remind me a little bit of how how he sort of was slowly torturing Jing Guangyao and how Wei Wuxin was sort of slowly stringing along and torturing Wen Chao and Wen Zhu Liu. It, it reminded me of that a little bit. So I'm just going to yes. quickly say what I wanted to say. Um, I think the only thing that I was mad at Ni Hoi Song, like an action that he did that... Um, I still feel sorry for him about it, um, but he, the one thing is that when he tricked uh, Lan Xichen, um at the end, that was the one thing that I think um, hurt him, but also hurt uh, Big Brother a lot too. So I think that was the one thing that I, I would say was pretty antagonistic. So, but yeah. That is the best hate ship that I, I absolutely love is him and Lan Yao. Right, right, and they should, they are a shit because you know think about it, they are bro. Like he he actually treats him like a brother God. too. So I love it. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> All right, so uh, when I got into this fandom, one thing that's uh, extremely odd, I guess, for Western fandoms is we expect when we have a show that we like that we're gonna go to the nearest convention and go to the artist hall and buy shit because that's what we do. But this show, if you go to artist alleys or conventions, there's nothing. Uh, you see it all over online. You see all this beautiful stuff online. But then when you go to a convention and you try and look for some fan art or for some merch, 
it's just not there. Um, so, Grace, do you want to explain a little about uh, why our fans can't buy fan art? Um, a lot of people uh, have mentioned this um, to to online um, to each other. Uh, there, due to the censorship in China, there is a lot of uh, artists who are afraid of um, publicizing their information. But also, the author she sold her copyright to a company where they don't allow um, the purchasing of of uh, the merchandise for um, her her works. And so that's why you don't see a lot of um, uh, sold uh, Modazushi or any of the, her her other ones like Heaven's Official Blessing, any of her works where they they are sold um, as fan art or anything um, because it is copyrighted by by their their the company. Yeah, and and I guess they hold copyrights different than America because America, if it's your art, even if it's a copyrighted character, it's still your art. There are intellectual property rights to that, whereas I guess China doesn't honor honor those same sort of copyright rules, and that the company will send a cease and desist, which I don't know how much power they'd have over here for artists, but it's still something that people worry about. Which is why you see yeah. um, a lot of the things that you can get from Modazushi or for any of her other works is more P4P. Uh, a fun question here for the last one. Uh, people have been seeing, uh, it's not just the characters that people see fan art of, it's also bunnies. Uh, so what's with all the bunnies? Uh, as Jordan would say, every day means every day and they be doing it like bunnies. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's that I think is a very good uh, summary. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. I was going to tell a story, but then I was like, nope, I think that's great. I think that works. <laughs> <laughs> they doing it like bunnies. The end. Like Thanks for coming to our podcast. <laughs> I was pretty confused by the bunny thing I mean, first because you and I me, baby, like, let's... they were only there for like half a second. And then it's later when it comes back and you see how many bunnies there are and he kept them all that time. Just, just think of it. It's a gift. It's a, it's a gift of love. And, and then it comes back later, but I, I still go with what Jordan said. I think that's the best, best answer. Yes. Uh, now, there are lots of different versions of this show, uh, of this novel as well. Where does a Western audience, consumer, fan, obtain this Modazushi forms? Well, I know um, I mentioned earlier that if you want to watch the live action, The Untamed is on Netflix uh, for USA and I think a lot of other countries actually too because we were the last to get it, I want to say. Um, and then there's Vicky, uh, which you do need a subscription to, correct? You don't have to. If oh, you okay. don't mind commercials, you can watch it without subscription. But, you know, maybe support people and these kinds of things by getting subscriptions to show how popular it is so we can get more and get that third season of the animation please <laughs> right and then on youtube you can watch the sort of a bridge version yes. uh, for free mm -hmm. um as well is the dong on youtube also for free now i don't know it was for, it was briefly i don't know if it still is i don't i don't know think so if you want to read the novel, a fan translation of the novel, and I know some people that read it and they were complaining a little bit because it's a, 
they think it's clunky but i'll just remind you this is a fan translation and i think it's fantastic um well and it's also and free they really do <laughs> But yes, it's by Exiled Rebels Scanlations, um, translated by Kay and edited by Addis. And um, I just think they did an amazing job. And they, I don't know, they captured all the, I mean, I can't say, I haven't read the original language. But so much nuance and good little sidebar explanations of what's happening. It made it really easy for me to understand it. And it's, it's beautiful. Check out the link in our show notes. <laughs> Yep. And then also, uh, if you want to uh, listen uh, to the audio drama with reading of the translations, Kitty Cat on Tumblr has done the translations on a video uh, while the audio drama is in the background. So you and, and they do a really good job. They tell you who's talking. And even if you hear like steps, they'll say who's walking in, you know, that kind of thing. So you really know what's going on in the audio drama. Yeah, you might have thought Tumblr is dead. But it's not. It is very much alive for this fandom and just a ton of awesome gifs from the show and people's sort of explanations and what's really going on and reading into things with great overlays. And Tumblr is, these days are dark for me right now and very, very busy at work at the hospital where I work, which is a hotbed for COVID-19. And Tumblr uh, little posts about the untamed Modal Zushi and her other works are or my calm down <laughs> when I get home. Yeah, you can you can find a ton of fan stuff on Tumblr and on Twitter, especially the communities are alive and thriving. Um, there are a ton of people to follow for really good art. There are also a lot of people who will tell you how you can buy like the audio legally so that you can support them. And um, sometimes the audios come with music. So even if you don't speak mm -hmm. Chinese, you can at least enjoy the beautiful music and have supported... Yes this um this uh franchise and um yeah this it's honestly in just the past year and a half this has truly blown up and it's been amazing to watch <laughs> long shot <shine> forever <laughs> every day means every day <laughs> yes long shot forever i agree they they might they might be replacing one by two by one as my otp gasp possibly yeah, it's gonna be a like a twenty. It's like a fifteen year shift. <laughs> so thank everyone for coming and listening to this reviewed. If you have listened to all of this and have not checked out or already know of Modazushi, go go please find it on Netflix at the very least. Uh, and we thank you for coming to our Modazushi episode. Hey. So, bye. <laughs> bye. 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 Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 801 Reviewed. If you would like to learn more about us, check us out at our website at blgardendfw.com or check us out on Twitter at blgardendfw. If you love this podcast and are considering supporting us, find us on Patreon and you can get your name on the podcast like Emily Schneider, Crystal Marie, Joey Kiss, Christina Coleman, and Barb Cult. In addition, please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you listen. We really appreciate every last one of you. Until next time, this is your host, Isora, signing out.